Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show. And I'm just really thrilled. I really am thankful to be on the show with you today. I know everybody, everybody I talk to anyway, uh, just listening and reading uh, different sites and social media and you know people are reaching out and then people are shutting down and uh i just know that for me my my survival kit is jesus my survival kit is understanding who i am in him and that he loves me no matter what uh, whether we fall short or not he is still there and he still forgives us and i just want everyone to know out there that you are loved you are loved. And in this time and age, we need to know that. We need to feel that just to get through another moment. So much attack is happening and we think it might be the people, but maybe, I mean, truly it's really not. It's not the people. It's a spiritual battle and the devil has a definite agenda. And uh, I'm so glad that I understand God's promises enough to know that the victory is ours, those that believe in him, that the victory is ours. And I I have to, every morning, say the name of Jesus very out loud. And I have to remember uh, all the things that I'm thankful for and grateful for. And it pulls me out of maybe a scary moment or a fearful moment or just the, the lack of knowledge or the unknown. The unknown can cause so much uneasiness. So with that, we're going to get started on the show. And I just thank you so much for joining in today on the Sue Freeze Show. I'd love for you to connect with me by going to Sue Freeze, and that's spelled like fries, one word, dot com. I would love to hear from you. I would love for you to connect with me. Tell me what's going on in your life. Tell me if you need prayer. If you need resources, please connect with me by going there. And there's a lot of information there that you can utilize uh, just by going there. So just check it out. I'm just challenging you to just check it out. Go online, either on your phone or on your monitor. And uh, check out Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word, com. I think it could be helpful for you. At least I hope so. So the first scripture here is Matthew 6.33. And some of you who have been memorizing scripture you already know this one. Seek first God's kingdom and what God wants. Then all your other needs will be met as well. Do you realize that? That that we need to seek him first. I forget that sometimes. I forget and I get going in my day. And, and I, I realize I have to back up. And I realize that my day is so much, so much better if I started understanding that I need to seek him first. And I need to put him in the driver's seat. And I need to let him guide my path and all 
all your other needs will be met as well. If you want to live a truly balanced life, you can only look at one person in all of history as your model, and that's Jesus. If you put him at the center of your life, your life will be more balanced. You know, I wasn't doing that. And I'm going to give a testimonial that it is true, that if you truly put him first, and it's so easy to get off of that, to go another direction and take the wheel. But if we stay focused on letting him have the wheel and let him be in charge of our lives, our lives will be so much better. (laughs) I'm reading an article right now, and it says, think of your life like a wheel. The center of the wheel is the hub. All of the spokes are of your life, which represent your relationships, your family, your career, your goals, and so on. Come from that hub. We all build our lives around some sort of hub. The question is, what will be your hub? Will it be your family? Will it be your career? Will it be money? Or will it be Jesus? If we have Jesus in the center of our lives and of our hub, then everything works around it. How do you know what you're building your life around? Take a look at whatever you think about the most. That's what is driving you. So take an assessment, a personal assessment right now, and you heard the words, they just went through, and you, you, they went in your ears. But just take an assessment for a second. Or in this next, you know, after the show, start paying attention to what you think about. Maybe put a chicken scratch for every topic. Is it relationships? Is it career? Is it money? Is it spiritual things? Where is your brain going? Because what you focus on comes to fruition. Where you put your focus. The center of your life is critical to developing a balanced life. A solid center leads to a solid life. A weak, flimsy center leads to a weak life. When I hear people tell me their lives are coming unglued, it usually means one thing. They have a faulty center. Something other than God has taken priority in their lives. Personally, me being the vulnerable person I am and the transparent person, I can say that I am forced right now to be centered. And I am forced to realize I don't have the control, that there's other things that are taking my attention away or distraction or immediate focus on the urgent more than the most important The hub creates stability, but it also controls and influences everything else about your life. Whatever you put at the center of your life will also be your source of power. The power of a wheel always emanates from the center outward, never the other way around. Make Jesus the hub of your life, and he'll provide the stability, control, and power you need. The Bible says, seek first God's kingdom and what God wants, then all your other needs will be met as well. When you choose to put Jesus at the center, all the other areas of your life, from your family to your career to your goals, will find balance in him. He will direct your life, influence it, empower it, and give it stability. You're listening right now and you're hearing what's being said. 
So the next thing to do is to take it in, write it down, or put it to the test. What are you facing right now? What is happening in your life right now? What struggles are you facing? Is it a crisis or is it just getting through another day? Whatever it is, put this to the test. And see if things don't change, if there's not a shift in your heart, in your mind, when you put Jesus at the center of everything. And when your focus of thinking, when you realize and you do that assessment and you realize that money is your focus or your career is your focus or maybe your family is your focus. Now, it's not a bad thing. None of those things are a bad thing. But if we really want to survive and thrive in this world, what I've learned is prioritizing is important to understand what the priorities are and put the priorities in proper perspective and proper place. So when you're evaluating your life and you're evaluating what's happening with you, if not everything is the way you want it, and if you can make a shift in your thinking that could change the outcome, would that not be worth even the thought or the try of it? To just try it, would it not be worth the effort? And the answer to that question is just yes. It's worth the effort to give it a try to test out this thought process to see if maybe it could shift things in your heart and in your mind, but also shift everything that's going on around you. I think it's worth the effort for sure. What you need to know and where you need to go. This is a article by Rick Warren. When the spirit of truth comes, he will lead you into all truth. That's John sixteen thirteen. Before Jesus ascended to heaven, he promised his followers he'd send a helper the Holy Spirit. This helper would always stay with God's people, and that includes you and me. We are God's people, and he includes us in his purpose, in what he wants to accomplish. He uses people. How many times have you prayed for somebody that you've tried to reach, but you were not the right person? I mean, you might have planted a seed, and and yes, a seed the side of a mustard seed can move a mountain, but maybe, maybe there's someone out there that could connect with that person better. And the Lord is going to use that person to cause the reaction or cause the belief system to shift. It doesn't mean that your uh, opportunity or your um, desire and following through with action wasn't important It's just there might be somebody else that he's utilizing in this capacity. So understand that I don't don't believe our words or our deeds go unnoticed or without success. It might not be all the way to I accept him, I'm now a believer. It might not be that, but it is part of moving of the mountain. And you are a part of any time you see the need or desire to want to bring somebody on. Just to get off the subject just for a second, but it goes so well with this situation right now, is people that I would call friends that are not believing exactly the same as me, and they're seeing things with such different glasses, such a different perspective. And even though I I choose, I want to find the middle ground, and I want to find that open door to share and to understand I have a difficult time, and maybe you do too, is because, you know, as a believer, you don't want one person 
to stumble or to walk away from the Lord because you know how good it is. And it doesn't mean everything is cherry and rosy. It just means it's so much better with him. And and uh, just to have that base, that foundation, just creates the, the storms of the world to have less volume and impact. But these friends that I know, and you don't want one person to stumble and not, not understand the Jesus the way you know them, and you, you want to tell them and share the good news, they're not all going to believe, maybe not right now. It might be that, you know, you're planting a seed and, and it's going to grow later. And the same goes with the belief system of things that are going on in the world right now. And there are so many different perspectives and views and what people are watching and listening to and believing. And you're thinking, how could they believe that? How could they, you know, I mean, are they not seeing the true picture? And it really hurts your heart because you, you want everybody to um, understand truth. And they're thinking, I don't understand truth, but I think I do understand truth. And it's really difficult in this day and age to share your beliefs. But I think we're called to be bold. I think we are called to stand for what we believe in. And that's not an easy message to deliver. And it's not an easy message to withhold or withstand. Um, I'm just finding it very difficult in this day and age because I want everybody to have the peace and the love and uh, the joy. And I just want our America to be great. I want, I want us to have what we had before and even better. And I can't understand why not others can see and want that same thing. It really hurts my heart. And I'm very concerned, as I know so many people are, about the future of our America. So if you're listening to this and you've been quiet, maybe this is a, a little prod to tell you that we need to speak up and speak out. Be cautious, but I think we need to speak up and speak out. I just do. So getting into this, um, God uses people, and that includes you and it includes me. The Holy Spirit fulfills many roles, including telling you what you need to know and revealing where you need to go. The Holy Spirit teaches you a lot of the big things that you need to know in life, like letting you know what's true and what's not. That's a big one right now, more than ever, because we're getting fed a lot of not-truths. So ask, ask for the discernment of the Lord. He also gives you insight moment by moment. As you learn to let the Spirit lead you, He tells you what you need to know just as you need it. Have you ever read a Bible verse one morning and then a few hours later recalled that verse at a moment when you really needed it? That was the Holy Spirit. I've had that happen and it's amazing. And it's just like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that. The Bible says in John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will lead you into all truth. Sometimes God does this for your benefit, but sometimes he does it for someone else's benefit. God lets you share the truth he's shown you. God's spirit will also help you get where you need to go. 
Has God put a dream in your heart that you could never achieve on your own? If you let the Holy Spirit guide you, you will go to places you never imagined. Side note, that's happened to me, and it took 50 years for that dream to come to reality. 50 years, but I didn't let go of it. Neither should you. If God puts a dream on your heart, he wants everyone to know that it's totally him. It's got to be way bigger than you. And that's what I say all the time. It's like, this is way bigger than me. There's no way I could do this without my heavenly father. Don't let go of it, though. Hold on to it. And in his timing, it will happen. Um, I'm a, a true testament to that. And like I said, it took 50 years, but I didn't let go of the dream. Has God put a dream in your heart? Think about that. You know, sometimes people smush, smush, smush that dream. Somebody just, you know, they're saying, oh, there's just no way. There's no way. Yes, there is. Maybe not in your mind, but in God's mind, there totally is a way. And it might be totally different than the way you thought it was going to go down. The Bible is full of examples of people who followed God's guidance. Luke 2.27 says, the Spirit led Simeon to the temple. When Simeon arrived at the temple that day, he had the highest privilege. He dedicated the baby Jesus to God. In the book of Acts, we encounter the story of another person who obeyed God's spirit. A man named Philip was walking down a dusty road one day when an Ethiopian leader rode in by chariot. Acts 8.29 says, the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. Philip obeyed the spirit and found the man reading in the book of Isaiah about the Messiah. Philip told him that the Messiah had come. The man immediately asked to be baptized, and he took Christianity with him back to Ethiopia. Because Philip listened to the Holy Spirit's nudge, he got to be part of God's work. When you listen to God's Spirit, he'll let you in on his work, too. If Simeon and Philip hadn't listened, they would have missed what God was calling them to do. And if you don't learn to listen to God, You'll also miss things. Side note, it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter if you're starting now. It doesn't matter what age you're starting. God has a plan. He created you for a purpose. And it's up to each and every one of us to live out that purpose. And it's amazing how he has groomed us for this next assignment. Everything you've been through up until this point in your life You've gone through so many things. We all have our story, and I would love to hear every single one of them. I totally would. I get amazed at God's work, and we don't even realize what's going on in the time we're going through trials and tribulations until after the fact. And then we look back and go, wow, God was really at work there. And that gives us strength, as it is right now, as I'm listening to my own words, is that that brings strength to me to know that God is working and that there's going to be a wonderful lesson and a a wonderful message down the road that I'll be able to share and you'll be able to share with other people to bring them hope, to bring them inspiration and encouragement to get through their trials and tribulations, knowing that we're going to get to the other side and we're going to be okay, better than okay. Okay is not really good enough for me. I don't want to just be okay. How about you? I want to be so much better than just okay. When you listen and follow the Holy Spirit's direction, you'll find your faith increasing because you'll consistently see God at work in your life. You'll learn you can count on him to tell you what you need to know and show you where you need to go. 
I love that. He'll tell you what you need to know, and he'll show you where you need to go. That should be a song. I don't think I've heard that in lyrics, and I think it's a good one. New day, new opportunity to fulfill your mission. So many people I talk to say, I don't know what I was created for. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. I want to know what to do with my life. I've got young people that just get out of college, and they're going down a wrong road right now. One in particular is a family member, and I just feel like, wow, this person is just lost and doesn't understand who he is, doesn't understand that he has a specific purpose, and he's very valuable in God's eyes. And we don't want to just waste this time. We don't want to waste our lives. We have no guarantee of how many days we have left on this earth, do we? Not one of us has a guarantee. Not one of us. So what are you going to do with the rest of the days that you have here on this earth? What are you going to do? What contribution are you going to make to this world? What significant impact are you going to have because you are here? You were born and created to do something for God. Ask him to reveal it to you if you don't know. The Lord is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. 2 Peter 3.9 God only uses imperfect, broken people. So don't wait till you get it all worked out. That's not going to happen. So many people I know when I ask them if they want to receive the Lord, they're saying, no, I want to get my act together first. And I'm like, that's never going to happen. And they're going, thanks a lot. And it's not that. It's just that we will always fall short of the glory of God. We're always going to fall short. So don't wait to get your act together, to stop drinking, to stop smoking, to stop cussing. Don't wait. Just make the decision today that you want to receive him, the Lord Jesus Christ, and then he will do the work in you. It's not going to be hard at all. He will make it happen. And it's in his timing. If God only used perfect people, nothing would get done because perfect people don't exist. If you're willing to be used by God, he will use you no matter what you've done in the past. Your mission hasn't changed. Jonah was an ordinary guy who didn't even want to do what God told him to do. Yet God gave him another chance and he did what he'd been called to do. Even though he obeyed God, Jonah carried out his assignment with a bad attitude. Yet God still used him. So, look, you can still do it and have a bad attitude and he'll still use you. It's better to have a good attitude, though, because I find the right is so much better. Have you ever seen a kid do something he doesn't want to do? And, you know, I heard that, that one where the parent was telling the child, sit down, sit down, you need to sit down and... And the kid is rebelling and saying, no, I don't want to sit down. So he's standing up and it's in a cart, a shopping cart or a car seat or something. And the child wouldn't sit down. And finally he yelled out and he goes, I may be sitting down, but I'm standing up on the inside. You know, it's like he wanted to still stand up even though he needed to sit down. And it was for his own good, but he didn't want to do it. He just didn't want to do it. I know some of you are laughing right now and I bet you your mom's. I bet. I just bet. God gave Jonah a seven-word sermon. In 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. That was what he gave him. That simple message led to one of the largest spiritual revivals in history. A huge city humbly turned to God. It's really a bigger miracle than getting Jonah out of the belly of a fish. Where are you in this journey? 
called life. Where are you in this journey? We're going to be back with part two of this message right after this brief break. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. Hey there, cutie. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS. Termitelady.com. What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma. Revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, Learning to Breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's SueFreeze.com. SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, Ecola Termite and Pest Control Services, for sponsoring this show. If you'd like to sponsor this show, I'd love to talk with you. I can help you. I really can. If you're a business owner and you have an area that you want to test this out, I'd love to have the opportunity to help you. This show goes from San Diego all the way up to San Luis Obispo, and we uh, are in different counties. And so this show is aired all the way up and down the coast on different stations. So if you are, let's say, just in San Diego, we can do advertisement in just San Diego so you're covering your market and not extending it past your market because it's really hard to get people all excited about what you have to offer and then not be able to service that customer. We don't want to do that. We want to make it successful for both parties. So it's really important that we understand your demographic, your geographic, and then we can make something fit for you. So um, how you would do that is get in touch with me by going to suefreezespeltlikefriesoneword.com. Go there and check out my website and see what we have to offer. So I'm going to start part two of the show, which we're talking about the keys to a balanced life and also what you need to know and where you need to go. We all have a reason. We all have a purpose, and we need to fulfill that. And so that's what we're talking about. So God was patient with Jonah and never gave up on him. God won't give up on you either. 
God used this imperfect, reluctant prophet to lead an incredible revival. The Bible says, The Lord is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. So he doesn't want you, yes, you, to be destroyed. But he does want you to repent. And sometimes in our puffed up state and sometimes in our egotistical egos, we think that we're doing things the right way or we're doing them your way and Maybe we need to just be humble. Maybe we need to take it down a notch. And maybe we need to repent of some areas, even though we really don't want to. But in the end, it's the best thing to do is to repent. And repent, if you look up the definition of repent, I did not right now, and I don't want to mess this up, other than to say my understanding of repentance is that you turn the other way. You don't continually do the same thing because it's truly not a repentance if you say I'm sorry but yet go back and do it again. So repentance means that you put your foot in the sand and you turn the other direction and you don't do that again. That's, that's true repentance. So understand that he wants everyone to turn away from things that are not going to be good for us to begin with and turn towards him and have Jesus be the hub of our thought process, the hub of our life, that we start with him, we end with him, and everything in the middle is him too. If you wake up tomorrow morning, it means God is giving you one more day, another opportunity to fulfill your mission. Do you want to do that? That's the choice you have to make. I have some family members that they're just mad at the world right now. They're just mad at the world. They don't like how things are going and they're mad and, they, and they're confused and frustrated. And man, I can relate to a lot of that. And the point is, is we have a choice, don't we? We have a choice on how we're going to respond to anything and everything that happens to us. And so... Knowing that, knowing you have control over how you're going to respond brings power and empowerment to you. And having the Lord in the center empowers you even more because knowing that he's right with you and that he's guiding your steps, there's strength in that. And there's a covering over that that we need. We need that covering and we need to believe we are covered with a hedge of protection around us. We need that. We so need that. And if we don't repent and we continue to do things, not a customer according to God's will, his protection is lifted. Do you realize that? That umbrella we have over us, it lifts because we don't have his protection. We need to hold that so close to us that his protection we need. Expect God to use you and he will. Live with expectation. That's another one that I've learned is that you expect, you expect, you believe, you have faith, you have hope. And if you have those things, it's, it's like uh, I had a family member tell me you, you shouldn't expect anything. And I said to that person, when you put your foot on the, on the brake pedal, do you expect it to stop? Yes, you do. So how can you tell people not to expect anything? That'd be a tough place for me. You know, God's promises are true forever. So can we expect that his promises will be fulfilled? Can we expect that promises are true? He says it. Do we believe it? I'm reading a book of his promises right now, and it brings encouragement. 
to know what his promises are. But only if you believe in his promises. Only if you believe his promises are not going to get broken. People, they'll fall short. They're going to disappoint you. And the church is full of people. So understand, if the church has disappointed you, it's not God, it's the people. And we all, that means you included, me included, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to fall short. And the beauty of it is God's grace is sufficient. He will forgive us. I found that his forgiveness was easier for me to accept than my own forgiveness of myself. How about you? I can believe he can forgive me now that I know what I know and that I understand his love and his forgiveness. But it was more difficult for me to forgive me. And you might be in the same boat. Understand the devil wants you to stay there. But the Lord doesn't. The Lord wants you to accept his forgiveness and accept the forgiveness for yourself. To understand that today's a new day. And you can be asked, you ask the Lord and he will wash you clean and white as snow so that you can start this day anew. Refreshed, revived. When I learned that the first time, I became a baby, a blubbering baby, where I just cried and cried and cried because something was lifted from me at that point when I realized that he loved me and he gave his only son for me. Yeah, little old me. And he did the same thing for you. He valued you enough to sacrifice his son. Anyone that's a parent, you understand just what a sacrifice that is. It's, it's, uh, it's inconceivable to me. But he did it out of his love for you. And when I totally, totally grasped that, it changed my life forever. And it can change yours too. We have a choice. We have a choice on how we're going to endure. We have a choice on how we're going to believe, what we're going to think, what we're going to speak, where we're going to go, what we're going to eat, what we're going to say. We have a choice in all those things. And I was listening to a pastor just the other day. I'm doing more of that these days when I'm driving and everything. I'm getting a lot, a lot of sermons um, just while I'm driving. And I can tell you this, um, this person was saying that the habits, the habits, the things we do every day is what can change our lives forever. And I find that to be so, so true. And he was talking about the memorization of scriptures, memorizing scriptures to have them just when you need them. And that you can set up a system for yourself where you write them on index cards or there's different programs that have it available to you. And you can get a quote of the day or a scripture of the day. And it sets your start of your morning on the right track. Praying when you get up. Praying first before you do anything else. Pray first. It's the important thing to do. So three tips for understanding the mission God has for you. And this is by James Swanson. Many people don't worry much about their purpose or about God's will for them. They know they should obey the commandments and feel they are doing a good job if they can manage that. But others have reached a deeper love for God that makes them wonder, what does God want me to do? They know that God has made them with a purpose. God has given them a mission that only they can fulfill. But they aren't sure what that is. What is God's purpose for my life is a question we all face as we grow in our love for him. Because we realize that beyond the fulfillment of the commandments, God thought of me and you personally when he made me and made me. 
because there is something he needs to have done. And not only am I the one he wants to do it, I am the person best suited to do it because he was thinking of that mission when he made me and gave me all the talents and abilities I need to fulfill it. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? So many times I say, if you don't know what your purpose and your mission is, think about what you're good at. Think about what you're good at. Because that's where God has your, your mission. It's right there. If I fail my mission, no one will be able to substitute me. Others may help fill in to a certain extent, but they won't have the talents and opportunities to fulfill that mission that I have. So how do I find my purpose in life? How do I know what God's mission for me is? Are you ready? Number one, it is a multifaceted mission. It consists in many smaller missions that I accomplish each day. There's that habit kind of thing. Fulfilling responsibilities I already have is a big part of my mission. Also, much of my activity will be in bearing Christian witness. Basically, I need to live my life in such a way that people realize that I am Christian. In other words, I live my religion faithfully, and that being a Christian fulfills me and makes me happy. Really, the same thing. This is a witness that is sadly lacking in the world Too many Christians are willing to tell others they should be Christian when they don't live it well themselves or when it is evident by their actions that although they are faithful, they are not fulfilled. They are unhappy. Deep down, we all realize that we should do what is right and by doing so, we will become happy. Unfortunately, our culture tells us the opposite, that by doing what is right, we'll be unhappy. And that if we want to be happy, we will have to do things that are wrong. You're listening to the Sue Free Show on our flagship station, KKLA 99.5. So thankful that you can be part of the show. Please go to Sue Free, spelt like fries, one word, dot com, and connect with me. I really would love to hear from you. Thank you, San Diegans, Venturians, Orange Countyans, LAans. Thank you so much for listening to this show, and I'm going to continue on now. 2-1 Peter 3.15, always have your answer ready for people who ask you the reason for the hope that you all have, but give it with courtesy and respect and with a clear conscience. From time to time, God will put people in my life who will ask me about my faith. I need to be ready to answer these kinds of questions, and so do you. What people want to know about is my experience of Christ. Questions about my faith should never be answered by talking about the rules. That is the last thing people are looking for. No one gets married because the spouse has great rules regarding the relationship. That's true. No one starts a friendship because their friend has lots of rules about the relationship. No relationship starts because we find something worthwhile in the other person. Rules can come later after we decide the relationship is worthwhile. I need to answer questions about my faith with my witness about what I have found in Christ. That, as Peter suggests, is the reason for my hope. Three, God doesn't reveal his plan for me all at once. He reveals it to me when he wants me to take action. Sometimes this is what is hardest for us. We want to take action on something, but the time hasn't come yet. Waiting is hard, but we need to be clear on one thing. God doesn't play games with us. 
He isn't up in heaven laughing at us because we can't figure out something. He wants us to do. He always makes it very clear. Sometimes it isn't the answer we want, and we make it hard for ourselves because we don't want to accept the answer he's giving us. Most of the time, we are smart enough to figure out God's plan. Some of us are. Some are still searching. When we are faced with a major life-defining decision, we need to prayerfully make the best choice we can and then place our decision before the Lord. Lord, I think this is what you want me to do. If it is your will, you don't need to do anything. I will proceed according to this decision. But if I am wrong, you need to let me know 95% of the time or more We will have made the right decision, and God doesn't need to do anything. We go forward according to his will. In the few times we have discerned wrongly, he very clearly shows us that he wants us to do something else. As we have said, he doesn't play games. We can trust him. How many of you are really doing this? How many of you are asking the Lord to guide you? to show you the way you're supposed to go. And he's not saying to just sit back and do nothing, is he? He's not saying that. Just like my employees, when, you know, I always tell them, look, if you've got a problem, that's okay to have a problem. We, you know, we have to figure out better ways to do things. But when you come to me, I want you to tell me what the problem is, but also that you've thought about it enough to come up with a solution. Your solution might not be the way we go, but at least I know you got skin in the game. At least I know you've thought this through. And that way, we've got two heads in this game instead of just one, and that's a good thing to do. So that's what I tell my employees. And that God is saying, you know, I don't want you to sit back and do nothing. I want you to think about this too. I think I want you to come up with a plan, but then bring it to me. And I will let you know. It will be aborted somehow. It will will go down a wrong way, and you're going to know you're going to turn around. You've got to do something different. But if you don't hear from him and you go down this path, you're going to find that that was the way God wanted it to go. So how many of us, though, are putting that trust and that faith that he is there when we've asked him to be there? And how many of us are not asking? How many of us are just trying to do it on our own? And maybe it's time right now that you just stop what you're doing. Maybe it's time right now that you just take a seat and just sit down, take a deep breath, and pray. And ask him to guide your steps and your thoughts and to give you discernment over the decisions you need to make. And ask him to reveal the purpose that he created you for. Pay attention to the gifts you have, the things that come easy to you. Ask your family, you know, what they think about what your gifts are or what your, you know, what your talents are, what your strengths are. And you will find that your purpose is in there somewhere. And it's wonderful to know that. I think a lot of people search for that, and it's right under their nose, but they don't realize that it's right there in front of them. Finding God's purpose for me does not happen with one big decision, and then I am done. It is something I do on a daily basis. Sometimes it involves a big decision that will affect my entire future. More often, it is a small decision that will not extend beyond what I need to do today. But if I work to try to walk with God, each day to know what he wants me to do today i will find that i get better and better at knowing what he wants me to do and i gain as will you a certain security that i really am fulfilling the purpose he has for my life
I want you to understand something that when, when Christians do things well, this is another caveat to this, is when Christians do things well, there's opposition. Because the devil doesn't want us to bring lives to know the Lord and, and to do good. He doesn't want that. And he's going to put something in our way. He's going to do something for a distraction. He's going to do something that's going to cause us to take our eye off of the Lord. And so we have to stay firm, devoted in our habits, in our scripture reading, our scripture. And I'm saying this because I need to hear this because I'm really focused on doing this right now. Praying without ceasing is what it says in the Bible to pray without ceasing. It doesn't mean you have to walk around and praise Jesus every second of the day, although it can't hurt. But it does mean that you thank the Lord for what you have. Thank the Lord for what's going on in your life, good or bad. And, and understand he's got, he's got the power and the control to do something about it. And I'm hearing myself say that because sometimes it gets really tough, you know, and the more good you do, the more opposition you're going to face. Now, some people will say, well, what do I want that for? You know, and, and that's, <laughs> that's a reality, but it's worth it because you were called for a purpose. And you need to fulfill that purpose. And, and like this, this uh, article said is, you know, you might be the only one that can fulfill that purpose. So I'm going to read from Jesus Calling, Enjoying Peace in His Presence by Sarah Young. A lot of people have been buying this book since I read out of it quite frequently. And I've been reading out of it for many years. Do you know I've done this show for over 10 years? And to me, I find that just amazing considering the story. And I don't have a whole lot of time, but I, I just want to say that. Many, many years ago, I was asked um, to have lunch. And during this lunch, Mr. Bob Hastings, I hope it's okay to say his name, but Mr. Bob Hastings says, you know, I've been praying about this, and it's become very apparent that, Sue, I believe you're supposed to have your own radio show. And I was already seated because if I wasn't, I probably would have fallen into a seat because I felt like I'm working 16-hour days. How am I going to fit this in, number one? Number two is what am I going to talk about? And what am I going to call it? And I can remember like it was yesterday that I was stressing over those things for a little while. And Bob turned to me in his smile and his just jovial look because he's just got that jovial personality and loves his mother so much. It's just so neat. Anyway, he says, so you'll figure it out. That's what he said to me. That was his words of encouragement. You'll figure it out. And uh, here I am 10 and a half years later and... I don't know if I figured it out. I still think I'm still learning, and that's a good thing, and I have wonderful people surrounding me and supporting me, and, and that's a great thing. So anyway, here it is for today. Find me in the midst of the maelstrom. Sometimes events whirl around you so quickly that they become a blur. Whisper my name in recognition that I am still with you without skipping a beat in activities that occupy you. You find strength and peace through praying my name. Later, when the happenings have run their course, you can talk with me more fully. Accept each day just as it comes to you. Do not waste your time and energy wishing for a different set of circumstances. Instead, trust me enough to yield to my design and purposes. Remember that nothing can separate you from my loving presence. You are mine. Oh my gosh, I so needed to hear that. How about you? (laughs) I so needed to hear that right now. So here's two scriptures that go with us. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow 
in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, Philippians 2, 9 through 11. And then Isaiah 43, 1. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. So you hear what he's saying here is that he has summoned you and you are his. You have freedom of choice to choose him. And you have freedom of choice whether you're going to believe and trust in his promises and the words that are in the Bible, which is a gift that he's given to us. And it is the rule book for life. And everything is in there you need. You just need to start reading it. Ask God for discernment on what to read first and second and whatever if you're a newbie. And if you're not, get in not just for the milk but for the meat and understand that he has a reason for you and you need to fulfill that. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Free Show. Until next week, be a blessing to someone each and every day. God bless you. It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. E. coli has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. E. coli keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way. And their termite control is legendary. So call E. coli today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS.